0: Plan for your life. Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts. Bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, Power Partners. Are you pumped up for this hour of partying? Hello, hello. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and thank you for joining me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are Charity. Uh, you can find more information about Be the Star You Are at be the star you are org. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the empowerment channel where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. Well, it's been a week of crazy temperatures, and I hope wherever you are, you've been able to stay. Cool, if that's what you needed, or warm, if that's what you needed. It, it is really crazy. We don't really know what to expect from day to day. Well, we have a fun show for you today because today is Bastille Day, so Vive la France, the 14th of July, 14th of it is, um, it is celebrated in France, and we're going to talk a little bit about that on rest of 1789, which signaled the beginning of the French Revolution. We'll also discuss honeybees because they reflect the health of the environment, and our agriculture depends on the pollination of honeybees. And if the bees continue to die, consumers can expect increased food prices You've probably already seen a lot of that, and especially more scarcity. So especially if you garden, we can do our part to provide habitat and food for all pollinators and beneficial insects, and that includes the bees. And finally, we're going to stay in the garden because I am all about nature this week. Summertime and the living is easy sometimes this year. It's a little easier than last year because of the pandemic. But um, it's never a vacation time when you're in the garden because hot weather and dry weather demands more alertness for intruding pests, as well as the plants are thirsty, just like us, and they need plenty of hydration. But the bugs have arrived, and we're going to be talking about how to rescue yourself from some of those because... Mosquitoes and ticks are becoming deadlier every single year, and that is nothing to celebrate. Well, the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. Again, the website, BeTheStarYouAre.org. The keeping of bees is like the direction of sunbeams, and that's from Henry David Thoreau. Well, I was just uh, received an email that uh, we are... The town of Moraga is going to be hosting in September the Wine and Pear Festival. And they've invited Be The Star You Are and our volunteers to participate. I'm not sure that we are going to do that yet because I want to make sure that everyone is safe, especially from any of these new COVID variants. But um, be uh, be in tune with our website and our newsletter because it would be nice to be gathering again and celebrating the pear harvest, the grape harvest, and drinking a little vino. So make sure to um, check out my website at cynthiabryan.com and be the starur.org under events, and we'll keep you posted. And if it's something that you are interested in attending, shoot me an email because we're still on the fence of whether to participate or not so let's talk about a bastille day Uh, it you know it was fun that i wanted to include the honeybee today because the honeybee is actually the symbol of france Um, the honeybee represents immortality and resurrection and for those of you who have been to france or who love france as i do i'm definitely a francophile having lived and gone to school um, in I lived in both Po and Bordeaux in France and I went to the Université de Bordeaux and I loved it so much and I really love the French people and the French culture and French food and French everything and I know they get a bad rap of being snobby and all that but I think that's because if you don't speak any of the language or try any of the language you know maybe maybe that was more Parisian But these days, it's different, and the young people are very welcoming. So, um, you know, when everything opens up, you might want to go back and uh, check out France. It's an absolutely stunning, stunning country, and it's great to get into the countryside, especially the Loire Valley or the Champagne region, any of the wine-growing regions. The Bordeaux region, oh my gosh, it's just really gorgeous. But anyway, let's get back to Bastille because in France and um, its territories in Departements, as we call it, this is a holiday that marks the anniversary of the fall of the Bastille in Paris. And that was on uh, July 14, 1789. Now, the Bastille was actually built as a medieval fortress and it eventually became used as a prison. So political prisoners were often held there, as were citizens who were just detained by the authorities for trial. Now, some prisoners were held on the direct order of the king, and if that if the king ordered you to be held, there was no appeal. So although by the 18th century, it wasn't used very much and was scheduled to be demolished, it had come to symbolize the harsh rule of the Bourbon monarchy. So there was a lot of unrest going on in 1789. And on July 14th, a mob approached the Bastille. And what they were looking for were the arms and ammunition that was stored there. And when the forces guarding the structure resisted, the attackers just captured the Bastille. There were seven prisoners held there. They released them. And that taking of the Bastille actually was the signal of the beginning of the French Revolution. And thus, it became a symbol of the end of the old regime or the ancien regime. And so Bastille is celebrated um, on this day, le 14 July, every single year. Now, it is a French national holiday. And um, it probably, I don't know what it's going to have this year, uh, especially uh, with uh, all the climate change, but usually there are fireworks and a big military parade. But for most, it just marks the anniversary of the storming of the Bastille that was infamous for holding political prisoners uh, in Paris. During the French, yeah, the beginning of the French Revolution, but the meaning behind the action isn't quite as poetic as you know, liberté, égalité, fraternité, as it sounds—liberty, <laughs> uh, e- equality, and fraternity. So back in July of 1789, France had already experienced a really, really tough beginning of summer. That had food shortages, very very high taxes, and that was because um, Louis the Sixteenth, King Louis the Sixteenth, had really high debts. So what he did is he taxed his people. You know, of course, what else are the very wealthy going to do? They're going to tax the people that don't have it. So and there was the militarization of Paris. So there was a lot of distress going on, and the king called upon the estate's general, that's an assembly, it hadn't met in more than a century, and he asked that a new tax plan be given to the people. And that resulted in what was called the third estate. It was non-nobles and non-clergy portion of the assembly, um, breaking from the clergy and the nobility, and they demanded a written constitution from France. And that proclamation formed the National Assembly in late June. But weeks later, after the king removed a finance minister, Jacques Necker, of whom the estate approved, fears that Louis XVI was attempting to quash any political revolution just started uh, proliferating throughout France. And that fear is what culminated on July 14th, the march to um, the Hotel des Invalides, and that, what they were looking for was they wanted firearms and cannons. And of course, then they took that more famous trip, for which we celebrate today, to the Bastille, and where they were able to actually get ammunition. And that hunt was for the gunpowder. A lot of people think that the, um, the protesters were marching to free the prisoners, but that wasn't the main reason for storming the Bastille. They were looking for arms and ammunition so that they could um, create a revolution. So the events that followed was, of course, those seven prisoners that remained in the Bastille. They were freed, but then there was a really deadly battle. And there was a very brutal beheading of the prisoner governor and of his officers. And um, that might have been more of a side effect of the Uprising rather than its intent. But it didn't take long for the symbolism of the Bastille to change. So, when news breaks in Versailles that people had stormed the Bastille, the royalty thought that this was just a disaster and that people were out of control. But according to historians, within the space of about two weeks, they had to revise their narrative. And it sounds like a lot of politics. You know, politics never change, right? The narrative is always being revised and, and rewritten. So somewhat famously, Louis XVI asked a French duke if the storming of the Bastille was a revolt. And the duke replied, no, sire, it's a revolution. And at first, the royal response supposedly was an attempt to compromise with this new situation And so the king arrived in Paris a few days later to declare his support of the revolution, and he donned the tricolors. But that event bolstered the revolution's political meaning and the idea of storming the Bastille as a demonstration against political tyranny rather than as a violent event. So that whole idea of the Bastille was kind of rewritten, too. So feudalism was abolished that August. And a year later, France would host um, July 14th to celebrate the France's constitutional monarchy and to honor France's newfound unity. And that unity, students of the French Revolution, it didn't last long because what happened after was the real revolution devolved into that reign of terror. So it took actually 100 years for July 14th be seen as an official holiday so um, it really was you know the shot heard around the world it was when Parisians brought down the Bastille and so to this day we are still celebrating Bastille Day and the French Revolution which you know happened not so long after our uh, revolution of the United States, which was um, in 1775, we started, and then uh, France, 1789. So there's a little bit of history for you on today, the Bastille Day. So I hope that you will uh, celebrate Bastille Day along with the French, and maybe have create something, maybe a French meal. Maybe I'll make coq au vin tonight for dinner. It well, that sounds very. Um, Sounds very French, but really all that means is chicken with wine. And since I cook with wine all the time, maybe I'm cooking either French or Italian all the time. <laughs> well, thanks for um, joining me on this segment of French history. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style Be the Star You Are. When we come back, we are going to be careful and we're going to talk about bees, honeybees in particular, and what we can do as just individuals to help the bee population and not to be confused with yellow jackets that none of us like. Honeybees are very docile. So stay with me. There's more coming. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. Be right back. Be the star
0: you are. The star you
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and
0: network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of
1: show. Well, I am glad that you are with me, and we're going to be talking about bees and how to uh, be careful, be diligent, be there, (laughs) be supportive. You know, uh, one day when my daughter and I uh, were out on our lawn, you know, this was summer, we were both barefoot, we were wearing our bathing suits, and she was trying to teach me some bar method exercises because she was an instructor. And it was just this beautiful summer afternoon, and partway through the practice, I was stung on my foot. It was like, oh, my gosh, ow, and I didn't know what it was. But it turns out I looked down, and, of course, I was standing on clover. Clover is a wonderful addition to lawns as it adds natural nitrogen to the soil. However, if you're going to be playing on the grass, we have to remember to be cautious because both white and red clover provide favorite nectar to our honey friends now we all want to attract pollinators to our gardens, and if if um, if saying all is too much, we really need to attract pollinators because the more flowers that you grow equals the more food for the habitat of the pollinators, and bees and butterflies and beetles and hummingbirds, bats and uh, birds. They are all responsible for 35 percent of our food crop and 75% of the world's flowering plants. So just let me say that again. Pollinators are responsible for 35%. That's a little over one third of all the food in the world. And then 75%, three quarters of all the flowering plants in the world. So if you think about it in other terms, for every three bites of food that you take, you can directly thank the pollinators and our garden friends. So by helping plants reproduce, pollinators sustain our ecosystem and they produce our natural resources. But sadly, pollinator populations are in jeopardy, and that's on a global level. And you probably have read extensively or at least heard or glimpsed it in the news, you know, that back in 2006, the honeybee population substantially declined. It was a phenomenon that became known as colony collapse disorder or CCD. When worker bees disappeared, what they would do is they would leave behind a queen and they'd leave a few nurse bees to care for the queen and they would leave whatever the remaining immature bees. But there were rarely dead bees around the hives. Now, Interestingly, hives cannot sustain themselves without worker bees, which would be so with the worker bees flew away, which is what they did. They were flying away. They weren't dying. They were flying away. That resulted in the loss of the colony. So then those bees, the queen and the nurse bees and the immature bees, they did die. So there were so many theories advanced on why the problem arose, and those included new diseases, parasites, mites, pesticide poisoning, habitat changes, poor nutrition, and even just stress of the bees. Now, that stress of the bees, something that has happened over the years is that um, commercial beekeepers transport bees to different areas. So that they can pollinate and gather honey from different species of plants. And actually, they have figured out that by doing that, it actually is stressing the bees. I mean, just think if you were, you know, put in a box and, and um, or, you know, put in a trailer or put in an RV and you had to move every so often, that would be very stressful. Now, of course, the actual cause has never been determined And most scientists believe that the CCD or Colony Collapse Disorder is related to a combination of all of those those causes. Now, honeybees absolutely reflect the health of our environment. Our agriculture depends on the pollination of honeybees. And if bees continue to die, consumers can expect increased food prices and definitely um, food scarcity. So every individual, whether you're a gardener or not, you can do your part to provide habitat and food for all pollinators and for beneficial insects. And I want to give you a few tips. And, of course, this will include the bees. There are ways, especially for individual gardeners, that you can make a difference and create harmony in the landscape. So first is to support the pollinator population all season and by doing this you want to include plants that will bring um, bring blooms from spring until the beginning of winter so you want a you know a proliferation of blooms literally all year round bumblebees need early season nectar and pollen while honeybees need late season blooms because they're going to go into winter hibernation and so they need things that are blooming that they can get their nectar from um, that are closer to winter you want to add easy to grow natives and native hybrids to your garden and you want to replace barren areas with wildflowers and perennials and perennials are really fantastic because they you know they're just pretty low maintenance and the fact that they're coming back every year and basically you just have to prune them water fertilize And you don't have to replant or dig them up or any of that. So I'm a huge, huge um, proponent of perennials. And also, I I love, I just love wildflowers. And so many of the flowers, the cultivated flowers that we grow in our garden, were actually descended from wildflowers. So that's a good one. Now, if you do have a lawn, although I don't want to get stung by um, bees, it's good to include clover because the clover is providing nitrogen. It is it makes its own nitrogen so it always keeps it green and it'll help keep your lawn green with minimal water and as we know we're in drought right now. So that's always a, that's very beneficial. One of the most important things that we can do is to avoid using any pesticides or herbicides because although those pesticides Will kill the bad bugs, it also kills the good bugs. So you'll be killing the ladybugs, the honeybees, um, beneficial spiders, beneficial beetles, and you just don't want that. So you really want to do things as ecologically and organically as possible. Sometimes it's a little harder, but there are so many methods and I talk about this a lot, all the homemade things that you can do just, you know, like w- with dish soap and, and water, how that can just be beneficial. You also want to provide a source of water by including a fountain or even a shallow bird bath with a landing pad that might have some stones or pebbles on it so that bees, butterflies, bats can get something to drink. And because they are thirsty too. Now, if it's too deep, you know, they may try to get their water and they might drown. That's why in the summer, you'll notice in swimming pools, if you go in swimming pools, you might see uh, several bees and other beneficial insects that some of them are already drowned and other ones are struggling to survive. So if you do have a pool, I really suggest that every day, um, and ho- hopefully you'll have time to do it a couple times a day, that you go in with your net and you save the bees because we need them. Also, um, pollinators need a sheltered habitat. They can have, you know, that could be rocks, trees, shrubs, even ornamental grasses. But they do need to have a place that, you know, it, it becomes their home. And so make sure that you have that, too. And in general, bees tend to enjoy plants that have flat flower clusters or short tubular shapes and single flowers that are going to allow them to access the nectar and the pollen easily. Now, if you're wondering exactly what is a honeybee, it is a flying insect. They are close relatives of wasps and and ants, and they are found on every continent on earth except for Antarctica. Now, bees of all varieties, they live on nectar and pollen, and without bees, pollination would be really difficult and would be really time-consuming because you would have to do it by hand. They have What these have is they have this long straw-like tongue. It's called a proboscis that allows them to drink the nectar from deep within the blossoms. And they're also equipped with two wings, two antennae, and three segmented body parts. They have the head, the thorax, and the abdomen. Honeybees are really social insects, and that's why they live in colonies. And the hive population consists of a single queen, a few hundred drones, and thousands of worker bees. Now, the honeybees that we know and that we love forage for nectar and, and pollen from flowering plants. And they use the nectar that they collect to create what is our favorite sweet treat, right, honey. And when carrying the nectar back to the hive, their bodies break down to the complex sucrose of the nectar into two simple sugars, fructose and glucose. And then they tuck it into a honeycomb cell. And then the bees will then beat their wings fiercely over the top of this syrupy sweet liquid. And they fan out the moisture and they thicken the substance. And when it's complete, the bees cap it off with beeswax And I'm sure many of you have had beeswax candles, which smell so delicious. They smell like honey when you burn them. And anyway, it seals that perfect honey for consumption later on. Now, uh, my daughter and her husband, they are beekeepers. And I was talking to her yesterday and just two days ago, they harvested their honey. And they had this huge slab of beeswax and honeycomb. And then they will press out the honeycomb and they will put the honey into jars. And then you can use the honeycomb. You can eat it or you can use the beeswax and make candles. So it's, it's pretty exciting. So what are the different kinds of, of um, bees? Worker bees. They're the most familiar looking member of the honeybee hive because they make up 99% of each colony's population worker bees interestingly enough they are all female and they do almost everything from the hive from birth to the uh, to her death and that's about 45 days later the worker bee is given different tasks to do during different stages of her life so worker bees are responsible for everything from feeding the larvae which are the baby bees to tending to the queen to cleaning the hive, to collecting the food, to guarding the colony, to even building the honeycomb. Kind of sounds like human females doing so much work as well. At least that kind of is my life. Now, the stinger of the worker bee is barbed, and that's so when she is forced to defend herself or the hive, her stinger becomes stuck in the skin of the victim, and she can't pull it out. And that's why honeybees die when she, you know, when she pulls herself away from the stuck stinger, um, she leaves behind the venom sack that's still pumping venom into the person. But uh, consequently, honeybees are very gentle. They don't want to die any more than you want to be stung. So the thing about it is, is that if you just don't bug them, they're not going to sting you. Now, obviously, I got stung because I stepped on this honeybee, but sadly, she gave her life because I was exercising on her clover. And so, I always get really sad um, when there's a sting. They don't, you know, they don't want to sting you. Now, different from wasps uh, or yellow jackets, honeybees do not go after food. So when you're having a picnic. And all those, what you think are bees come buzzing around and, you know, some of them are stinging you, but they're trying to get your food. Those are yellow jackets. Yellow jackets can sting you multiple times. And you definitely, you don't want to be swatting at them because what happens with yellow jackets, they emit this scent, this scent. That when you start swatting them, they emit a scent that attracts more yellow jackets and they come, and they will actually chase you. What you need to do with yellow jackets is find the place where their, um, where their colony is, and you need to call vector control and get rid of them. You have to kill the queen, and that will kill the rest of the population. Because interestingly in the way nature has made yellow jackets, if you were to kill a yellow jacket, that for some, however that works, is the queen knows that that one yellow jacket has died and she now produces two more. So every time you kill a yellow jacket outside of of its home, you actually are producing more yellow jackets. So yellow jackets and bees are not to be confused. And I know that when people come to my garden, because I have lots and lots of bees, people will say, oh, gosh, I'm scared of, you know, I'm scared of the bees. Or if they're at a picnic, they'll say, oh, my, you know, the bees are swarming. Well, they're not bees. They are yellow jackets. So back to bees. Then there are drone bees. The male bees are called drones, and their job they love this job, is just to mate with the queen from other hives. And if they do get the opportunity to mate, then this isn't the good part. They die immediately. So if they don't mate, they can live up to 90 days, which is twice as long as the female worker bees. And you can identify drones in the hive because they have these big, round bodies. They have very large eyes but they cannot sting you they don't they don't have a stinger now the queen bee there's only one queen bee per hive and she is the mother of all the other bees she is the only fertile member of the colony and she'll lay about 1500 eggs a day during spring and summer now queen bees are distinguished from the other members of the hive because They have a very long abdomen. They have very small wings. And soon after birth, the queen bees will go out and they have, um, well, they have a sexy wild weekend. Because the queen bees will mate with 15 or more drones over a three-day period. And then they retire to their own individual hive to lay their eggs. And then she will not leave the hive again unless the colony swarms. And that means a colony swarms is when a colony is looking for a new home. So the queen will stay in the one hive until the end of her time. Now, when the colony does need a new queen bee, they just simply choose a healthy larva hatched from an egg of the current queen. And they feed it royal jelly, which is this special, super nutritious food. Now, royal jelly, produced in the heads of young nurse bees, those are the worker bees whose job it is to care for the larva, helps the larva grow into a queen. And then, as I said, the queens will lay about 1,500 eggs per day. And they actually can live a really long time. They'll live four to seven years. Which is about fifty seven times longer than the worker bee. So it's um you know when we talk about adding royal jelly to our diet, maybe we're hoping to live a little bit longer. Now, what is life like in a hive? Um, contrary to what popular belief is, honeybees don't build an external structure that contains their hive. They love to live in hollow spaces, whether that means in a hollow tree a fallen log, or they will live in a man-made beehive. They do, however, build the inside of their hive. Honeybees make their own special wax, which is beeswax, and they use it to create this little hexagon. It's actually a perfect hexagon inside their home. And then in these cubby holes, which are called cells, Uh, The bees store everything from the eggs to pollen to honey. Now, to seal the hive and to protect against diseases, bees make a substance that is called propolis. Now, propolis is a combination of beeswax, honey, and tree resin. It's antibacterial and antifungal and antiviral, and it disinfects and protects their hive. It's also really sticky. And honeybees use it to seal up the cracks or holes that they might encounter on any of their missions. So with this large population all working together, they have to have very great communication skills. So bees do their talking in two ways, by scent and by dancing. And when a honeybee is warning her sisters about an intruder, or if all the ladies in the hive are really happy... Honeybees have the ability to release release a special uh, hormonal scent that is called a pheromone. And the bees can detect these scents and interpret the message. So a happy bee pheromone smells suspiciously like lemons and a warning smell has a banana-like scent. Isn't that fascinating? I think that is just so fascinating. So when a forager bee needs to Alert her sisters as to where a nectar source is. Dancing, dancing is what they do. They do these special turns and wiggles to where to show all the other girls where they found the food. And what they do, it's essentially like drawing a map. So if you ever want to um, look at a hive and watch, I would suggest putting on a bee suit <laughs> and then. We're checking out how um, how the bees work. But just a little bit about honey before we go to break. So mature honey bees collect the nectar from the, pl- the plant blossoms. And then the nectar is 80 to 95% water and five to 20% sucrose, which is table sugar. So as the bee transports the nectar back to the hive, that protein enzyme in her honey stomach That breaks the sucrose down into those two simple sugars I was talking to you about, the fructose and the glucose. The young bees remove the water from the sugar using two methods. They pass the nectar from bee to bee, and they drink the water out of the nectar, and they absorb it through their stomach wall, and that creates heat and airflow in the hive by the vibration of their wings and their flight muscles, and that evaporates the water, and When most of the sucrose has been converted to fructose and glucose and enough water has been dehydrated out of the mixture to bring it to about 17.8% water content, then we have that delicious, sticky mixture that we call honey. And after the honey is made, the bees cap it with the beeswax to maintain that moisture flow. So... um, For many years, beekeepers crushed the honeycomb to get the liquid honey. But that method of honey processing produces less honey for the beekeeper as it forces bees to spend time and resources, you know, building a replacement comb rather than making more honey. So whole honeycomb is available for people who want to enjoy honey completely untouched by human hands. You can just cut it off into bite-sized portions of wax chew the honey out of it the wax dissolves if you chew it for about 15 minutes but you can also just discard it just like you would with gum but i guess most people actually prefer liquid honey although i like both i think that they're both you know really really good so i just want to give you a few um plants that would be good to attract bees so Anise, Aster, Bachelor Button, Bee Balm, Black Eyed Susan, Blazing Star, Calendula, Camel Meal, Clover, Cleome, Cosmos, Daisies, Echinacea, Fennel, Four O'Clock, Foxglove, Hollyhocks, Lupins, Lavender, Magnolia, Marigold, Milkweed, Morning Glory, Nestergium, Nigella poppy, salvia, sedum, sunflower, sweet peas, yarrow, zinnia, and almost all herbs. So just remember that bees are critical to the well-being of the planet. And my daughter and her husband have become really great home beekeepers, and they're enjoying that delicious honey, and I love getting it when I get to visit them. So the sea, the bees are truly sunbeams of beauty and productivity, but it's up to humans to be careful on how we manage our biologicals to promote the health and longevity of the pollinators. So, the only thing that I would recommend is just don't, you know, exercise or dance barefoot on the clover. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the empowerment channel where we try to bring you information have uh, that you can utilize every day in your practical life. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more. Be the star you are, the star you are.
2: Change your world, change your life. Voice Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: How to reinvent yourself in today's rapid pace of change today's successful job could be outdated tomorrow your level of success in business depends on your ability to adapt transition and reinvent it's important not to get stagnant and to greet change as an opportunity for growth. You'll always be valuable for what you do best, but being able to modify your skills to meet the emphasis of a technological world will serve you best in the long haul. The age 65 retirement model will be abandoned by many employers in the future, which means that as you grow older, you might be increasingly more important and your hobbies and avocations might be potential for generating income. Your livelihood could be dependent on the reinvention of you. So be prepared. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, Be the star.
0: Star You Are The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over 225 billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to be the Star You Are charity, a top-rated nonprofit. Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models. Produces positive radio broadcasts and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376 Moraga, California, 94556, bethestarur.org. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is
1: Well, what is paradise but a garden, an orchard of trees and herbs full of pleasure and nothing but delight? That was a quote by William Lawson that I love. And I think about this for our July gardens because summertime and their song goes, you know, the living is easy. But as I said at the top of the hour, In a garden, it's never vacation time, and especially when it's so hot and dry out, it demands so much more alertness for us, and we really have to be on top of it. Last week, you might remember I was sharing with you that here we we were anticipating the temperatures in the three digits, and they were expecting temperatures anywhere from 105 to 112, which really never happens in this area where I am. I mean, you know, 90 is considered, you know, pretty standard. We get to 100, 102, but, you know, 105 to 112. And in so doing this, I had main water pipes broken. So I was so concerned because it took me days of digging with literally a knife because there were so many tree roots so many pipes so many electrical wires that I couldn't use a shovel I could use a hand trowel and I was just watching as my garden was slowly slowly you know but just I don't want to say dying but so thirsty the leaves were all folded over my magnolia tree, the leaves were curling, um, things were turning brown, and I had no water. And uh, even though I was calling every company that's in our area, there was nobody to help me. And so I finally ended up doing it um, by myself. um, And I thought I wasn't going to be able to, but I was, I finally, the day after the radio show was able to get all of the pipes fixed. And I can't even tell you what a sigh of relief it was to turn on the water and to have water and to be able to give water, not only to my plants, but to my animals and myself. So we really, you know, when I don't like this, arid what's it called? Aridification, aridification. I don't like this aridness and I don't like this dryness and I don't like the bugs that are coming out, but thank goodness, um, I do have water now, so I hope you do too. But I want to also, um, I'm going to talk about our plants and what we need to do. Because just like us, plants are thirsty and they need hydration. Now, your lawns require mowing probably at least once a week if you want to tumble on them, play croquet or any lawn games, or as as, uh, we did this past weekend for a a child's for birthday party, do a slip and slide where you just put some plastic on the lawn, you water it down, get a little baby shampoo, and the kids just go crazy on the slip and slide. It was really quite fun. But if you're planning to go away, you have to really give your garden a quick once over before you leave because um, you'll need to weed and mulch with at least three inches of inert materials, you know, cut off all the blooms, uh, pick any vegetables and water thoroughly and deeply. And in that way, you can return to some beautiful new blooms and maybe a great meal of fresh vegetables. But if you just leave town without doing those things, you'll probably come back to a um, a dead A dead garden and shriveled vegetables and again talking about our bee friendly to our pollinator friends you know our bees butterflies birds bats hummingbirds don't don't leave town before you have made sure to supply some fresh water and food sources uh, that for them and some of those uh, lavender the bee balm butterfly bush trumpet vine all of those are really good things to have in your garden so it's also time to check your sprinkler systems for leaks and breaks, efficiency and timing because water is our most precious resource and for July gardens, we need so much more and I, I'm just so happy that I was able to find this major leak because I, we had no water pressure but it it really was a lot of work and I'm hoping to interview... Um, some specialists on irrigation, because I did talk to a couple and they were all saying they were booked six weeks out. Literally every day they had no time for emergencies because they had all these other things. So there's so many things that we need to do in the off time. So when your systems are working correctly, you need to double check them for these leaks or breaks or drips and take care of them before they turn into an emergency. Uh, Another tip is to water early in the morning or just before sunset. These are the best times for moisture penetration in your soil, and again, you can water deeply and then less frequently. Most uh, places, I think all of California now, it has been required to reduce water usage by 15%. And I know that our water district has sent that out. However, you know, this is really difficult because every single year we're asked to reduce water usage. Uh, you know, that two years ago it was 25%. And so now it's another 15%. So it's getting harder and harder to maintain a garden. And this is why I keep buckets in the shower and And I don't waste a single drop. Turn off the faucet when you're brushing your teeth. When I take a shower, you know, I soap up, turn off the water, then scrub, then rinse off. And, you know, in my kitchen sink, if I'm washing dishes or anything, I keep a pail in there so that I can put the water into my pots outside. So here in in the West, we have to really be careful of our water usage. Now, very important, if you've been outside... Uh, in your garden to when you come in check yourself carefully to make sure that ticks or other pests haven't hitchhiked to your home you want to wash your clothes you want to wash your body your hair in hot water now ticks can be very serious uh, carriers of dangerous debilitating diseases including Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain fever and of course now um mosquitoes are becoming a real problem, so we have to be careful of those. Dampen the compost pile and keep turning it. Make sure you empty any standing water in your gutters or containers because of those mosquitoes. If you add a couple of drops of bleach to bird baths or change the water frequently, you'll keep the mosquitoes away. If you have petunias or other summer annuals, it's good to cut them back and then you'll get a second ground August display. Tie up your vines and stake any tall delphiniums or gladiolus. You want to place pots of basil, sage, parsley, thyme close to your kitchen for ease in culinary delights. Basil, which is an annual, thrives only in the warm water, while sage, parsley, and thyme are perennials, and they can give you some year-round fresh herbs for your family. Make sure to sharpen your lawnmower blades because you're going to need to mow, as I said, at least once a week. But don't mow your lawns shorter than three inches because you want to maintain a strong root system. And then harvest your produce from any fruit-bearing trees and don't let the fallen fruit sit on the ground because you'll get brown rot fungus, which can spread to your ripening fruit. So apricots, peaches, pears, tangerines, loquats are ripe now. And then you want to control insects in your garden by picking them out by hand or using non-toxic insecticides. I like using dishwashing detergent mixed with water, and I spray it on afflicted plants. And that's kind of a first line of, you know, defense. And mulching is more important than ever to keep the moisture in the roots cool and the weeds out. And cutting of perennials like verbenia, dianthus, daisies, geraniums, they'll grow successfully when planting this month. And you want to always water from the roots. And just remember that you want to celebrate your garden, sit back with a favorite beverage, and some savor your summer garden because you have earned it. So that is our show for today. Um, Probably next week I'll talk a little bit more about some of the pests in the garden and how you can get rid of them. But I appreciate you being with me every Wednesday live here on the Voice American Network, the Empowerment Channel. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about uh, Star Style Productions or to buy any of my eight books, visit CynthiaBryan.com to make a donation or get involved with be the star you are charity we have lots of volunteer opportunities especially for kids we work to empower women families and youth visit be the star you org. that's just be the star you org. my aim is always to encourage inspire inform amuse and motivate I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already the star that you dreamed of becoming. And read a book this week because it is like a garden in your pocket. And right now on our website, if you buy any of the books, they are discounted as well as you get packets of seeds and bookmarks and lots of other goodies. So visit CynthiaBryan.com Until next week when we celebrate once again. Remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And may you enjoy summer and stay cool. Thanks for joining me. We'll be together next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Ciao for now.
0: Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star.
2: It's been a pleasure bringing you our life changing program Star Style Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be.